Well, the war in Ukraine is attracting people from around the world willing to lay down their lives to defend the country against Russia's invasion. The President Volodymyr Zelensky invited volunteers from around the globe, setting up an international brigade. And he said that 16,000 foreign volunteers are coming to fight for the Ukrainian cause, among them a man who knows war all too well. Sergei Loiko is an award-winning journalist and photographer who has covered armed conflicts in Russia and the former USSR. Since 1991, as well as Iraq and Afghanistan, he's published books about the war in eastern Ukraine and Donetsk, working primarily for the LA Times. Well, he posted this video to YouTube recently, announcing that he was taking up arms for Ukraine. Hi, my name is Sergei Loiko. I am 69 years old. I'm Russian, but I worked most of my life as a journalist, as a correspondent for a major American newspaper. In my tenure as a journalist, I've been to many armed conflicts and to a bunch of wars, but I've never ever taken up sides. I've never taken up arms. It was unprofessional. Now you see Kalashnikov in my arms. And I'm no longer a journalist. I'm a free man. And I came here to Ukraine. I'm here on the outskirts of Kiev to defend Ukraine from my motherland, from Putin, the Hitler of today. Sergei Loiko, one who has so long chronicled war, is now joining in one, and he joins me now from outside Kiev. Sergei, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate inviting me. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I heard. I, I mean, it's five thirty-three in the morning. I gather it's still dark there. Uh, what is yeah. life like for you right now? Well, it's like uh, well, it's like being in the middle of a war. But this is the first war in my life that uh, I am participating in as a, as a fighter rather than a journalist. Uh, you know, I was tempted to take sides in uh, 2014 when I was the only foreign correspondent. I was lucky to be the only foreign correspondent inside the besieged Donetsk airport, uh, surrounded by uh, 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 what we called uh, insurgents backed by Russia, but in right. fact they were you know, they were uh, Russian troops. And uh, finally, they seized the airport, or rather, ruins left uh, in place of the airport. And uh, finally, uh, in 2015, I, I quit working as a journalist and started writing novels about the war. I wrote two novels. And in one of the novels, uh, uh, I hate to sound a spoiler, but <laughs> I have to say it to me, myself, understandable. In one of the novels, the main character, uh, whose wife and two children perished in the plane shot down over Donbass. You remember the Malaysian plane? Yes, MH17, yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, the main character uh, finally kills Putin in the end. So... Yeah. Life is stranger than fiction, and Putin is still alive. But Life is, uh, my, my, my prophecy is coming true. Putin has already destroyed Russia, and he's, what he's doing now, he's destroying himself. And uh, I'm here to finish the job and to help him do it. 
life imitates art, Serga. I spent some time in Donetsk. I remember how what happened the before and after of that airport and the fighting was was mm-hmm. was intense. Knowing that, you've decided I know you're 69. You've decided to pick up a Kalishnikov, as you mentioned in your in your video, and join yep. what we know to be a brutal, could be a very brutal fight. I, I mean, it, it, why? Well, uh, you know, this is, uh, to me, it's, it's a kind of a biblical uh, battle between the good and the evil. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm agnostic. Uh, I'm not a believer, but, but what is happening uh, makes me believe in it because there was no, absolutely no reason to stop that war. And Russian people, millions of them, couldn't prevent Putin from from unleashing this this stupidest, totally senseless war of all. And and uh, here uh, I think that I'm joining the most important battle for humanity because we are on the brink of World War Three, if you know what I mean. Because the Ukrainians are now getting the upper hand in the battle. And uh, unmotivated uh, Russian troops cannot really cannot really fight well. And one of the lessons from that war, it uh, showed the NATO countries and Canada and the United States that that uh, Russian military is is not really uh, as good as 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 Putin wants it to look. Uh, pouring billions of dollars into recreating it as one of the uh, strongest armies of the world. But here they're stuck in Ukraine and they're not winning the war. And in fact, uh, whatever the result, they lost the war. And and that made me join it. And, and uh, on the other hand, I'm a cancer patient and I will die anyway soon. So I decided I'd rather die in, in battle for a good cause than uh, in a miserable hospital bed. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking with Sergei Loiko, a man who has long chronicled war around the world and now finds himself on the front lines of one, a war that he's joined voluntarily despite uh, being from Russia. He's now joined the war against Russia for Ukraine. He's outside Kiev tonight. As a journalist, you know, I mean, we've spent, I spent time covering war, not quite as close as you have, but I've done it as well. And it is difficult always to try to remain neutral. And you've decided now sort of in these later years, you've decided to, to, to switch that, to, to actually pick a side. That must have been a tough choice. Well, that was not really a tough choice, as I said, because uh, I, uh, in recent years, I was busy writing novels, uh, writing books, rather than than being a journalist. But even now that I'm at the base uh, on the front line of the Ukrainian resistance with the uh, with the troops, uh, I, I feel again like a journalist because I keep recording uh, uh, short videos, interviewing the soldiers and officers and uh, posting them on my Facebook page. Right. Uh, uh, so you can uh, uh, any anyone can go to my Facebook page and 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 see them. They're they're quite interesting, and uh, they're they're simple, and they show uh, real men uh, who were quite peaceful until the war came to their doorstep. Uh, 
brought on, upon them by Putin, the Hitler of today. So uh, uh, the amazing thing is that I'm, I'm convinced that Putin envied so much Stalin and his generals uh, because they defeated the fascist Germany in 1945. And Putin was obsessed with this history of victory, celebrating a very, very pompous uh, victory day every every uh, year, making it uh, more and more pompous with each year. And, and finally, he decided to win his own war. And he created, he invented the fascists and nationalists in Ukraine, and uh, he came here to fight them, but they are not here. He is fighting the Ukrainian people, and and uh, Stalin won the war only, only because the United States and Canada and and uh, Great Britain helped Stalin. Otherwise, he would have lost it, I'm sure. And uh, this time around. Um, the tables are reversed, and the United States and NATO and Canada—they are on Ukraine, on the side of Ukraine in this battle. And Putin is alone, and he is doomed to lose it. But the problem is that he can't afford to to lose this war because he will lose his faith, and he he won't be able, despite all the propaganda machine, to hide it inside his own country. And what he can do, because he's as crazy as a cordoned rat right now, uh, right now he, he may use tactical nuclear weapons to change the tide of the war. And right. that, that uh, has dire, dire possibilities and consequences. And this is, why, yeah. this is why, oh, so they're shelling our place again. Uh, can you hear oh, they're shelling again? Yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. I no, can't no, quite. It's, it's not very close. I mean, very... but I mean, you know, I know you had some training back in the early seventies, but you're standing in the. Describe what your what what the last few hours have been like. It's the it's still dark. It's about five forty. No, no, in the it's, morning. It, it's in it's, it's uh, five o'clock in the morning, and so I'm the, so in the basement in in a basement of a villa which belongs yeah. to to a local prosecutor, right. and he allowed the soldiers sleep in the basement, which looks like a nuclear. <laughs> nuclear war shelter. So we you're sleeping with, stay, with but... you're sleeping with with the Ukrainian soldiers, your 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 comrades in arms, yeah. essentially now. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so t- tomorrow and, you and will you know, get up. Not, you... uh, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, tomorrow you'll get up and head head back out. Or today? Uh, uh, today, yeah. I'll, uh, wake up and see uh, where where things go and. You know, I don't have uh, an assigned role here. I'm here like like an in-house celebrity because everybody knows who I am. And it's right. so, so touching that some soldiers and officers, uh, uh, residents of Kiev, uh, they uh, bring from home my books to sign. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's, so uh, I yeah, don't know whether 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 I will actually have to shoot at somebody, but but I'll stay around with them. And between you and me, uh, uh, I'm also doing it for my third novel. If I manage to have time to write it, and I'm back with Sergei Loiko, a man who has long chronicled war, who's seen a lot of war from Iraq and Afghanistan to the parts of the former Soviet Union 
to Donbass in eastern Ukraine. He's with me tonight from Kyiv, where he's joined um, the Ukrainian forces fighting against Russia. Tell me a bit about just the mood within the troops these days as they're, you know, after two weeks of the, after this invasion. Well, uh, the mood, uh, uh, the mood, the general mood is very, very high and very optimistic, and they, um, no one doubts their victory. And well, they, they they are fighting for their homes, for their motherland, for their loved ones, and they are very, very highly motivated. And uh, many of them are grown-up men from thirty to 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 fifty with uh, with combat experience and with military training and they know how to handle arms and they they realize the risks they are not uh, the 18 year old guys in uh, poor uniforms in poor boots on the other side who don't know why they were brought here and who who run away at uh, at the first shelling or at the first sound of a shotgun <laughs> I mean, but you've seen the destruction that was that has been. You know, I remember being in Mariupol in 2014 when the shelling was sort of taking well, out buildings, yeah, buildings it, in the suburbs. You remember that? It was horrible. Yeah. And now you see the images from Mariupol, and it's it is it, it seems infinitely worse. Uh, I mean, how what's been the reaction to the shelling and just the destruction and the civilian uh, targets that Russia has been has been bombarding? Well, uh, Putin. Uh, uh, achieved uh, totally contrary to uh, results to his goals. He managed uh, in the two weeks. He managed to to unite the Ukrainian nation behind their president, to r- rally them together around their president and the government. And uh, uh, Ukraine is a democracy, democracy, and has always been. And uh, yeah. every man is a political leader, and every man is a political party. And there was a huge rift uh, uh, among various parties in in their parliament, uh, the the Rada, the Supreme Rada. And now they are all united. The nation is united, and uh, you can't you can uh, capture a city, two cities, three cities. You can destroy cities. You cannot destroy the nation, and you cannot defeat the the nation, which uh, is uh, is united. How angry! And this, is, this is the general mood, and and this is what is... I'm doing here. I'm, I'm making those short videos, video interviews with soldiers and officers. Who uh, I ask them uh, simple questions like, "Why are you here?" What do you want to say to your loved one, uh, to your uh, 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 families, to your friends, to Ukrainians in general, to Kiev residents? And they're saying something, something very, very uh, encouraging. And uh, and in the end, I ask them, uh, what uh, what will you say to the Russian uh, oppressors? And they say something. Like golf. <laughs> um, indeed. Uh, how angry are they? Ready? I mean, we saw what happened in Donetsk. Are are the people that you're with ready 
for that kind of war, for that, for that yes, awful... Yeah, they, they, they know what's going on. They, they are ready for anything. And uh, believe me, if, if uh, the Russian troops... Uh, if the Russian generals are stupid enough to lead their troops uh, into Kiev, uh, this is uh, a battle they will be destroyed in because uh, their tanks and and armored vehicles will be useless in Kiev streets uh, because they, uh, the Ukrainians they have like millions of grenade launchers of uh, uh, of various makes uh, uh, brought from various countries and they will be shooting at them from every every uh, every apartment every uh, cellar every doorway uh, every corner so they they cannot uh, win this war they've already lost it and and uh, the the uh, the more Russians they will kill, the more Russian soldiers they will kill. The sooner the war ends, and and uh, uh, it's it's the sooner the war ends, the sooner Russia loses, the better for Russia itself. I, I was. I wanted to ask you if you'll just stay with me for another thirty minutes or so, if you can. I don't know whether you have to be somewhere, uh, whether your no, commander uh, needs you to go. Uh, I, I don't think I can afford thirty minutes because it's the situation is getting a little bit uh, tense here. In that case, uh, Sergei, um, I guess I have twenty seconds for a final word. What would be your final word to Canadians? My final. My final word. Uh, well, actually, I made this appeal to to. Uh, men, I understand the governments, uh, the Western governments, they are not ready to uh, militarily resist Russia in Ukraine because they don't want to provoke uh, a nuclear confrontation. Uh, but but uh, young men, or uh, not so young men, with combat experience, with army training, they are welcome to apply to Ukrainian embassies and their home countries, the Ukrainian embassy uh, and consulates uh, in Canada, and join the ranks of uh, Ukrainian defenders because they will not be defending only Ukraine. And I'm running out of time, Sergei. Yeah. yeah. I, mm. Thanks so much for your time. Stay safe. Be safe, and yeah, I look forward to speaking so to you again. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you. Mm -hmm. You too.